Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, the podcast where we explore all types of different athletic endeavors, talk to the experts from coaches to pros to researchers and pretty much anyone who's doing the kind of consummate athlete lifestyle. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, I'm Molly Herford. I'm the author of a few books on all things cycling related. I write about fitness and outdoor adventure over on my site, The Outdoor Edit, but then also for Bicycling Magazine and Map My Run and Outside Magazine and Nylon and a bunch of other places. Uh, And I also obviously enjoy spending a lot of time outside, often with this guy. That's me. (laughs) <laughs> I am Peter Glassford. I'm a registered kinesiologist and professional cycling coach and occasional mountain bike racer. Um, I like to say I'm moderate at that. Results as of late have been in that range. Yes, but I mean, on the bright side, everyone thinks you're now back from a slump and getting out of retirement. That's true. I was in a slump apparently, and then I did about equally moderate, and apparently I'm out of it, so... Peter's had a really wild ride of moderate results this season. Moderation, <laughs> yes. Um, I also just ate a piece of tinfoil accidentally on some dark chocolate, so we'll I, see how that pans out. You know, I wasn't going to bring it up, but yeah, well, since you it, mentioned Interesting it, anecdote. Yeah. Your brother, who is now one of our regular listeners, will get a kick out of that one. Shout out to Martin there. Yes, hopefully he <laughs> spit out something while he was listening to it. He listens for the banter. Anyway, um, our week, we had probably my longest ride of this training season uh, in, you know, Ironman is four and a half weeks away now, which is a little bit on the nerve wracking side, but mostly actually after this weekend, I feel pretty ready for it. We were lucky enough that we got to ride uh, this 150 kilometer loop for cycle for sight. Uh, with a bunch of really cool people. It's such a cool charity. Uh, It's for the Foundation Fighting Blindness, and they do an amazing job putting together this ride every year. Uh, Peter's team, uh, or team store sponsor, the Trek store out of Toronto, uh, helps put on the event. So we were there to sort of, yeah, ride with people, chat, and it was fantastic training for us, so it worked out really well. Yeah, a few of my coaching clients were doing it, so we were able to do a bit of pace setting and also catch up with a few of them, which is always nice to spend a few hours on bike and sort of see see what they're actually doing when they're on their bike and stuff. So, mm-hmm. Also, so Canadian, there was poutine at the finish line, so I was a happy camper. I mean, a little past the finish line. It wasn't like it was like awarded at the finish yeah, line. Yeah, they didn't hand you the poutine. I mean, but... that's where you got your maple syrup. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you had to walk through the igloo mm-hmm, and pass mm-hmm. the moose. I forgot about that. Yeah. The, the moose and the hoose and... Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then the next day we actually tried to... Well, we coached a mountain bike clinic and that was super fun. And the rain held out till just about the last five minutes of the clinic and then it poured. Uh, we thought we were going to be safe riding away for, or driving away from that to go for a run in an area that promised sunny skies. We got about 5k into that before the sunny skies turned into a lightning and thunder downpour. Uh, so our long run got split into two, one pre-thunderstorm, one post. Mm-hmm. Um, normally I don't mind running in the rain, but running on bridges with lightning is a little sketchy even for me. Mm-hmm. So you have a big list of things today that you'd like to talk about. Or you'd, you'd I like know, to... we have so many things. Yeah, so let's get to those. Well, there's some pretty exciting news coming about Shred Girls. I won't say anything about it just yet, but know that I am really excited. Keep an eye on shredgirls.com. It's shred-girls.com for that announcement coming this week. Uh, So that's pretty cool. There's been a good response. Lots of younger ladies with hats and shirts. Oh my gosh, it's so great. Excited about the concept of riding. So I think the overall mission, regardless of any big announcements, is is met already. So yeah, I've been so very fun and very good. Um, And what are your other news items? Uh, Well, we've actually been tossing around the idea of since we've had so many great authors on here, and because obviously writing books is sort of my my game. Um, I kind of joked on Twitter the other day about starting a book club for the more athletically inclined. So not like, not kind of handbooky stuff, but good creative nonfiction and even some fiction in there and maybe a couple of the more handbooky things. But if anyone would be interested in that, I would love to hear 
you know, if that's something you're really excited about hearing that, just let us know over in the show notes or find us on Twitter and let us know. But I think that could be super fun and a really good way to, you know, talk a little bit more in depth about some of the cool books that we've been, you know, talking about on the podcast. Yeah, and I think you're thinking about that maybe being more on your outdoor edit site likely is where that will live, but we'll certainly, if it does go, link to it. Um, Mm -hmm. But since that's sort of your main writing and sort of creative space, I guess. But we'll try and tie it in, of course, with some of the consummate athlete uh, authors we have on. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's good. Really busy right now. Building towards Leadville with clients and Dirty Kanza and stuff just finished and national championships and stuff coming up so i don't have a lot of mental space at the moment for much else especially when i'm trying to learn how to swim still uh-huh. a month out from the iron man so well today's guest also does not have a lot of mental space going on right now as she is about five days away from finishing running the 895 kilometer bruce trail she started at the north and is ending down by niagara Uh, in order to raise funds and awareness for cystic fibrosis. Uh, That's Emily Allen Dakin. She is super cool. We talk a ton about, you know, how she built up from being a short course triathlete to being this really rad kind of ultra endurance runner. She's put in marathon or between 26 and like 40 miles every day since I think it was June 10th when she started. So she's probably feeling a little tired right now. Um, Peter, can you explain a little bit about the Bruce Trail for our American listeners? Well, as you said, it's 800, whatever, just under 800. Or no, just under 900 just kilometers. Under 900. So, I mean, I don't know that I'm the person to tell you the story, but it goes from Niagara Falls, which most people are somewhat familiar with, um, directly north in a very serpentine way, um, all the way up to Tobermory, uh, which probably doesn't mean a lot to most people, but just directly north. Um, but is very, very twisty and very rugged. It's very hilly, especially as it leaves the Niagara region. And it goes to some really beautiful areas, but also very demanding. So it's it's not a straight shot 800K by any stretch. Um, yeah. And it weaves in and out of public land and private land. and um, Up and down out of valleys. It can be anything. It could have extended. It could be a 20-kilometer section of road to get around sections of private property and stuff. But it could also be like the most beautiful overlooking like rock cliff uh especially as it gets further north um that you're sort of like tippy-toeing along an edge yeah yeah so So i'm really excited to i mean honestly chat with her and after she finishes and hear how it went but this is sort of all done right before she left so we talk a lot about her lead up to it and you know what she thinks it's going to take and judging from all the smiles on her instagram it's going pretty well and you said you got into a bit like charity riding and finding purpose in in what you're doing as well yeah which i thought was super interesting um i will also note that at the end of this i lay down the claim that i'm gonna run one of the days with her when she was up near where we often live when we're in ontario uh, unfortunately that did not end up panning out just with our schedules so very sad about that and I'll have to put in a long run on the Bruce Trail to make up for it at some point when is she finishing? Uh, in a few days down in Niagara oh, okay. we do not have time No. <laughs> anyway guys enjoy the episode and as always we'd love it if you would leave us a review or a rating over on iTunes thanks so much you used to slash do also cycle? Um, yeah, I used, well, I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. I can't say that I do because I just washed a bag of cycling laundry. I mean, it had already been laundry, but I just unpacked a bag of cycling laundry from the end of June last year, which means that, oh. and it has like all my good bib shorts in it and stuff. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't even touch my bike. So, um, I raced triathlons for about 10 years um, and tried to be uh, a pro wasn't wasn't necessarily successful but like raced at a pretty high level and then kind of retired from triathlon in I think 2011 or something Um, and then have done the ride across the Rockies called gear up for CF twice 2011 2013 and then last year did a fundraiser also cycling around the perimeter of PEI. Um, so the difference between the Rockies and PEI was night and day and PEI was like a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whereas the Rockies is obviously head down, just grind up a climb for two, three hours or whatever. So, 
yeah, very different. Cool. But um, but yeah. So and then now I I kind of was dreaming when I was planning for this. Oh yeah, I'll cross train. I'll ride my bike to work. But there honestly, there's not enough hours in the day Absolutely. to fit it all in and be coherent and functional. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Tell me about triathlon. When did you get into that? So you and I have like almost the exact same experience. I'm a couple oh, okay. years, uh, same kind of deal, like almost pro, but like never, I, I argue I just didn't ever commit enough mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to do that. Because I mean, for women especially, like there's nothing for pro triathlete women. No, no, like, no. And actually where you were in Quebec, um, they always had a really good program there. Um, but, the, but the leap from age group to pro is insane insane yeah and so I guess to go back to your original question I started I think in 2004 I started um started with a try a try or a team triathlon first and then a try a try um and then kind of did individual stuff and my friend um I didn't even discover my friend at the time discovered the world age group um championships and so raced in Hawaii in 05 and Switzerland in 06 um and then tried to make the jump to pro i think i was trying to race pro in 07 um but it's just it was just so hard and um i mean i didn't have a great situation with my coach at the time and um i mean the pro fields are quite small right like maybe there's 20 20 athletes total and so and when you're coming in last at the end of (laughs) at the back of the pack every single time it's just so demoralizing and um I mean I didn't grow up now a lot of triathletes grew up um swimmers as and and club swimmers not just so, so I mean I swam a summer swim league and swam high school swimming but that was it um, so, I mean, I trained with the, with the varsity team. I work at the, at the university here mm-hmm. at Brock university. And so I trained with the varsity team for those eight years, but I mean, not having that, that speed and that base growing up as a swimmer, um, I think it was quite not detrimental. There's nothing I can do about it, but it was a huge, there was a huge gap. And so I just couldn't get on with a lead pack anytime. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I had to kind of reevaluate and leave my coach at the, I think it was the end of 07 or 08 and just think, well, what do I really want? I'm not going to the Olympics. And so I might as well enjoy life at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time in Ontario, they started coming out with um, kind of an elite age group category um, because, and maybe you notice this as well in triathlon, like as soon as you hit over 25, then your your wave is like three waves behind. Yes. And you're swimming through all these sixty year old men. And oh, like, I know. It was just it was just madness. And so I like the so the elite wave got to leave first um, with with the with the pro racers. And so I was essentially doing the same thing. Just and, and I mean the thing too was somebody had asked like, well, you're pro, so does that mean you're making money? Well, no. Like, <laughs> I haven't made a dime racing pro, right? And like, and let me very how much I've spent yeah yeah yeah. so just kind of reevaluated and thought well I'm doing this because I love it and for fun and because I can so um I'll go at this level and then uh I guess raced um the Canadian championships as age group but I but I always made sure my goal was an overall goal like top top three like podium overall females kind of thing um and so raced the canadian championships um it's funny i can always remember years based on what what races i did (laughs) like that's how i identify what year it was was where was i racing um yeah 2010 2011 oh i went down to chicago um to try to race that toyota series that um, the grand slam was like in in uh uh in texas so if you won, if you won in Chicago or if you placed top, I forget what it was, top five, maybe, then they flew you down to Chicago then or down to Texas for the, for the finale. So I did that for two years as well and always missed it by like one spot. Uh. <laughs> um, but, but so it was fun. And I mean, I challenged myself and then uh, come, I think 2011, I was just ready for something different and, um, or for, for a break, I guess I was tired of being tired all the time. Mm-hmm. I suppose. And I changed jobs and I met my husband and life kind of moved on. And so that's, that's that. You can do that big race this year, whether it's a gravel grinder, Grand Fondo, mountain bike marathon, or a stage race. Don't put it off or show up unprepared. Let smart athlete, 
that's Peter Glassford, help you train optimally for your goals. You are not the same as your friends or a random pro. Get a plan that fits into your life and takes your fitness and your experience into account. As a kinesiologist, professional cycling coach, and experienced rider, I have a unique balance of theoretical and practical experience that can help you reach your goals. Whether you need a simple training plan to follow or daily contact to dial in your training and adapt to your changing lifestyle and needs, or maybe you just need a skill session to get ready to hop logs and shred some trails at an upcoming mountain bike race, I can help. Visit smartathlete.ca to find out more and get started. So uh, did you ever have an urge to go long or did you always really like the going fast? I've, I feel like every triathlete gets asked this because it's, it's mm-hmm. the most irritating question is, right? Like, have you done an Ironman? Like, bite yeah, me. No, yeah, I go fast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that was always my answer. When I'm older and slower, then I'll do something longer. Yeah. Um, but truthfully, like the the bike was the weakest part for me um, and, and the hardest part for me. And so thinking of doing, um, like I never even did a true, I didn't even do a half Ironman. I did like some long, um, some long distance tries, but that's, that's the extent that, that I went just because 90 or 180 K, um, is just, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that, that, like, that's just crazy. (laughs) Um, so it never, it never really appealed to me. And I always just said, Oh, when I'm older and slower, I'll do that. And then the same with running actually, um, just thought, you know, when I'm older and slower then then I'll do a marathon, um, (laughs) or marathons or whatever. But it's, it's funny because I like doing the shorter stuff and faster stuff. I don't know that I'm necessarily as fast anymore, but then I've always had this, this, like the ultra world is really appealing to me (laughs) right and and right and there's nowhere in between like i i i honestly have and had um no interest in racing marathons i suppose like i just did a marathon a month ago um simply because i was like well i'm running this distance i'm training this distance so why not race one and see how fast i can go kind of thing yeah Um, right and have yeah, supported yeah. like water every mile and all that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But so, yeah, it's funny. Like I think, and I mean, I'm still, I'm still like, I, I don't think I've slowed down yet. <laughs> um, so, so there's still years to come for me to be a much slower runner and, and do those longer things. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I've done some of the long stuff more as like a, See, I can do it, but I honestly think it takes more work to go fast for like the short distance stuff than it does mm-hmm. to prep to do the longer stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, because you get into a rhythm with the longer stuff, right? Yeah. But I actually had a friend that had uh, he was he was racing triathlons quite heavily and really competitively as well, and then he kind of fell out of shape and got out of it, and then was getting back into it and thought, oh, I'll just race a sprint, like I'll clean up, no worries, I'll race this sprint, and there we go, and. Um, actually, I don't even know if it was a sprint. It was a super short modified sprint. And he ended up going toe to toe with like an elite female that was just doing it as a quick tune up. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, he was like completely spent at the end of it. It was hilarious. And then she was pretty pissed because she was top female and winning the race and he was pushing her, which <laughs> like ethically, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what do you do there? Do you let her, do you let her take it or not? But he just, he just really wanted to push. And it was quite funny because in a sprint, you can't, you, by the time you get into a rhythm, you're already on to the next discipline. And so, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, no. I, I just did um, the Paris to Ancaster race, and hopefully, oh, awesome. hopefully this guy won't hear it, but this guy tried to sprint me at the line, and I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, we we always get into that debate because, so back when I was racing, um, Dan and I raced uh, a duathlon together. And so at the time he was working for, he was the editor of Canadian Cycling Magazine and they published Canadian Cycling, Canadian Running, Canadian Triathlon, and then yep. groups. And so there was a debate in the office, like there were bets being made on who would win. And, and the Canadian running um, editor, Mahira, also was racing. And so nobody put money on me at all. <laughs> and and so they they uh, they all had money on Dan or Mahira, and um, and so I think 
I don't remember how it played out, like whether it was Mahir, Mahir as a runner, um, whether it was he or I in the first leg. And then on the bike, I was well ahead of Dan and then Dan passed me and then just trying to gut it out and just fly past him is <laughs> like, just push. I knew he was ahead of me on the second run and just trying to push and push. And so I passed him with like less than a kilometer to go. And I said, come with me, like trying to just be, um, display some sportsmanship. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and thankfully he didn't, I was hoping he wouldn't and he couldn't, but we always, we always joke like what would have happened if he had come down the line with me? Because I would, I would have been upset if he let me win but then he would have looked like a big jerk taking it from the lead win woman yep. and and taking it from me. And so, like we we joke that we would tackle each other or whatever. No one crosses the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're crawling. The other person's pulling your leg. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the the marathon, the Waterloo marathon that I just recently did, I was running with a guy from from 15k until. I want to say 35, 37 kilometers. Okay. Um, and so I said, I, uh, I said to him, okay, when we get to the line, like we've been running together, but when we get to the line, it's a race. <laughs> and, and he's like, what? I can't do that. I was like, yeah, come on. Like, this is how it goes. And he's like, but you're the lead female. I can't do that. I look like such a jerk. And I was like, well, I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, like I, I always, I always kind of see both sides and I fall in the middle of like, okay, that's appropriate or it's not appropriate, but mm -hmm. it's very funny. But yeah. How did you like Paris to Ancaster? Oh, I love it. I've done it, I think three times now and it's okay. so much fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The course is beautiful. If you haven't done it, put it on the bucket list. And no, no, I, yeah, I've, I've done it. Um, okay. <laughs> I did it years ago. Yeah. And the first year again, it was, uh, it was my new coach after having a terrible experience. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and my boyfriend at the time, they sat at the end being like, Oh my goodness, she's going to hate it. And because I didn't know what to expect, I came across the line and I was like, that was awesome. It was so good. <laughs> like, I think it was like 2008 or something. And then I did it again the next year, but because I knew what to expect as like okay when is this coming when is this, are we done yet yeah. like and I mean the weather was very different on both those days as well mm -hmm. um but uh yeah when you sometimes it's better when you don't know what to expect because you just roll with it and you're like all right this is it oh I completely <laughs> agree and this year it was pretty cold and pretty rainy and like I knew mm. I should have taken off my raincoat like I was very aware of that but I was also very aware that I was freaking cold so, yeah yeah, like full leg warmers, raincoat, like it was ridiculous. I should yeah. have, I should have taken off a layer, but well, and that's the problem because at the start, there's nowhere to, there's no shelter, there's nowhere to put anything. No. Yeah, yeah, you're stuck. Yeah, whatever you, whatever you carry, you take with you. <laughs> yeah, I should have prepped for it better and brought a thinner raincoat. This was like a burly one, so it was, <laughs> it was brutal. Or a garbage bag next time. Yeah, exactly. Did not, did not nail the clothing there but I mean yeah. have you yeah. ever nailed clothing for a race I feel like I will never get it perfect no no <laughs> and even um again that Waterloo marathon it was unseasonably cold like I think four degrees feels like zero sorry I'm oh. speaking in kilometers in Celsius <laughs> um, I've started to get like bilingual in Celsius and Fahrenheit yeah, so right now. freezing <laughs> um and so I actually was kind of thankful because then it was cold enough that I got to run with a jacket so then I just put all my gels in my pockets it was mm -hmm. perfect you never have in a race so yeah it was lovely <laughs> absolutely but also but, looking ridiculous trying to race in that much clothing but yeah. hey yeah, yeah. Okay, let's talk about your yeah. big scary goal that's coming up, by the yeah. way. For the Americans, what the heck is the Bruce Trail? And for everyone, what the heck possessed you to do that? Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, I suppose the best uh, comparison is comparing the Bruce Trail to the Appalachian Trail in the mm -hmm. States. Um, and so I don't, I don't think it's nearly as long. How long is the Appalachian uh, probably closer to that many miles. So like a thousand miles. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Or a thousand kilometers, you think? Or a thousand I think miles. a thousand miles. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not nearly as long, um, but it's kind of as iconic, I suppose, um, in, in Canada or in Ontario. Um, and so it's 895 kilometers following the Niagara Escarpment. So back when the ice ages, there was a lake, um, the lake levels dropped and created this, essentially this, it's not very high, but this kind of cliff along the 
along the through the center almost of Ontario um, from Tobermory to uh, essentially Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls where the water goes over is actually kind of the end of the escarpment right there. Um, and so so that's that's it. Um, and I guess along the way, it obviously goes up and down on the escarpment, never, never really flat, weaves in and out of everywhere, anywhere and everywhere. Um, and so I guess the reason how I chose this, um, I suppose my husband and I had, we, we bought the Bruce Trail guidebook. Um, so it's very meticulously mapped out and thought, oh, we'd love to do the Bruce Trail in its entirety over a number of years. Um, and then if you, know my, if you know my husband, he's a, he's a big ideas person. Um, and knowing that we do these fundraisers for cystic fibrosis, um, the gear up for CF across the Rockies and the perimeter of PEI, um, he said, would you ever want to run the Bruce trail? Um, and, and I think I said, oh yeah, that'd be cool. Like <laughs> how would we do that or what for? And well, what about running it for cystic fibrosis? And so I can't take credit for coming up with the idea of it. <laughs> um, or blame. I don't know which way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was speaking to a reporter the other day and he's like, okay, so your husband is just awful because that sounds like torture and he came up with the idea. <laughs> he's trying <laughs> but, to get rid of you, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's torture for him to have to sit in a motorhome and drive. Oh my gosh, life. that sounds way worse. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's kind of how it came about. Um, my, my cousin Sarah passed away from cystic fibrosis in 2005. Um, we were six months apart in age and, and grew up together, spent our summers together, March break, sort of the equivalent of spring break, Christmas holidays, all that kind of stuff. Just growing up, laughing, giggling, being awful children, <laughs> all that stuff, outdoor activities. Um, and so since she died in 2005, I, I suppose I've always felt like I wanted to do something for her in her memory or find some way to give back and some way to contribute. And so, um, this is, this is kind of what, what I've come up with, I guess. <laughs> I love um, that. Yeah, it started with um, my cousin on my other side of the family. Um, it started with one of her colleagues knowing somebody that did the gear up for CF ride. So I, uh, I was um, forwarded his fundraising page. And instead of looking at this and being like, oh, I'm going to donate, which I think I did, I said, oh, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. uh, and so the ride had just ended at the end of June uh, in 2010. And I immediately emailed probably like the 1st of July and said, can I register? How do I register? And I was the, the first and earliest registrant in history, I think, for the ride. <laughs> uh, and then um, 2013, Dan joined me and then took some time off, wedding, all that kind of stuff, and then got back to it in 2016. So, and then this is just a continuation. That's awesome. Also, isn't it crazy how weddings can completely derail your life? It yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Especially in the summer and all the yep. planning and money that goes into it. So, Holy I mean, that's moly. the major thing. Right? Like, I think people used to not make, well, maybe make money in their weddings, but that doesn't happen anymore. No, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. Now, so. we went through that fight last summer. We got married and it was a debate what weekend to do it so it wouldn't interfere with racing season. <laughs> <laughs> and really you're saying to your husband uh depends on when the venues are available yeah that was we, not his know, that was not his important part <laughs> <laughs> well it's i i'm assuming you survived it so we good job survive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. yeah we we made it um okay so you're starting in pretty soon actually only like 10 days to go yeah, actually, I guess tomorrow's June 1st, so exactly 10 days. Um, we will drive up to Tobermory, drive the motorhome up to Tobermory on the Friday night. Um, and numerous camping locations have donated their camping campsites um, along the route, which is awesome. And then cool. place, places where we've got family, we're, we're parking the motorhome in their driveway, um, being treated to home-cooked meals and probably proper beds and proper-sized bathrooms and showers. Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. So starting Tobermory on June 10th, 
um, which is a Saturday, and then ending in Queenston Heights, where Brock's Monument is, um, and uh, actually it's the Canadians and the Americans in the War of 1812 fighting right there, um, and the Southern Cairn, the southern terminus of the Bruce Trail, is right in Queenston Heights, which is just, uh, I guess, just north of Niagara Falls. Very cool. And you're planning on doing it in 22 days. So what does that average out each day? Average is out to just under a marathon a day. Uh, I think 41 kilometers and a marathon in Canadian terms is 42.2 kilometers. Mm -hmm. So So are there any days you're planning on doing, since you obviously have it planned out with the campsites and everything, are there any bigger days or shorter days or is it all pretty even? Yeah, it, it's all pretty even because we were looking for, well, A, we were looking for around that 40 kilometer, 42 kilometer distance because we knew that's what we had to average. Mm-hmm. And also it depends on where the trail crosses a road. Oh, um, yeah. Just because we, I didn't want to be running extra on side trails to get to parking lots or I didn't want to run more than I had to. So um, I think looking at the schedule, I think the longest day is 45 kilometers. Okay. Um, and the shortest day, uh, this, this, the, the last day and the second last day are quite short, 35 and 21 kilometers. But, um, the next shortest day I think is 39 kilometers or 38. So kind of a range. Um, and then lots of people ask, well, do you have a rest day? And we don't have a rest day in there, but if we had to build it in, I'm sure that I could, I mean, I say this now, who knows, maybe I would change mine, but I'm sure that I could add in the 5k over eight days or something and, and get back on track um, if I had to. So well, I'm hoping that uh, knock on wood that everything holds up and that everything's okay and we won't need to. Um, and also going with that distance at the end of the day, if I had to, I could walk mm-hmm. that distance every day. Um, so yeah, that was the, the, the thought behind the madness. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thought. I like it. Um, mm-hmm. I also want to point out that we live in Collingwood, so you'll be crossing a chunk of the Bruce Trail that's like practically our backyard. So yes. We're going to yes. have to like keep a, are you going to be posting on Instagram during, can I keep an eye on where you are? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Dan, not only is Dan uh, my driver, my logistics coordinator, my accommodations person, but he's going to be the social media guy. Nice. Um, and so you can follow him on Facebook um, or follow us on Instagram or Twitter. And it's also going to be going to the website. Um, Instagram is already linked to the website. I'm not sure if we'll be able to automatically update to the website um, for Facebook, but we'll try to post as much as we can on there and the fa- the website is uh end to end cf.ca so e-n-d-t-o-e-n-d.ca cool oh, we'll of course sorry. have that in the show notes well you need to edit that <laughs> i said it wrong end to end cf.ca so e-n-d-t-o-e-n-d-c-f.ca perfect <laughs> Get round one um <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is this going to be your first kind of like crazy ultra thing that you're attempting? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Hands down. I, so, I mean, I am a runner, um, but the most I ever used to build up to was half marathons. Um, and so this is my, I, so last year I I didn't technically run a marathon, but I ran the Wings for Life race where there's a catcher car. Um, And so I happened to outlast the catcher car and run 42.6 kilometers, so 400 meters more than a marathon. So realistically, that was my first marathon. Um, And then this year was my second in my first official marathon at the Waterloo Marathon. Um, So... Um, I mean, I'm very careful with my, with my training plans. I make sure that I build up gradually. Um, and if anything, I take a very cautious approach to make sure that I don't get injured. And especially because there's a, there's a lot more on the line at the end of, at the end of my training, um, for this run. Right. So I can't be foolish and just, Oh, throw in a race here that I'm not prepared for, or go super fast on this day or, ramp up my mileage like crazy. Um, I pretty much stick to the 10% rule. So my mileage never increases by more than 10% from week to week. And my long runs never increase by more than 10% from week to week. Um, so I know people listening, some, some of the long distance runners might think that's crazy, um, and not aggressive at all, but I like, I'm just, 
too cautious and too worried to take that risk. Um, no, so like, it's a it's a long you can't slow come build. Into that up. tired at all? You need to be like yeah, super yeah. fresh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. So actually, how did that? I mean, we talked a bit about the marathon, but how did the marathon go? How did you feel the next day? Were you like, okay, I can do this, you know, for three well, weeks? Well, yeah. So um, it turns out that trying to, because I didn't just run a marathon, I raced it. Right. Um, and because originally my goal was to run a really fast marathon um, and then also do this end-to-end CF. And those two goals don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. <laughs> um, go so, figure. Yeah, who knew? Um, so I, I discovered that pretty early, that trying my goal of a three-hour marathon, um, the, the training plans for that are, are pretty cut and dry, and they're good, they're excellent. Um, but the particular training plan that I was looking at had me running four times a week and not nearly the mileage that I needed to be putting in for the end-to-end. Um, so that meant like two fast runs, one long run and one medium run that wasn't conducive to running six days a week, um, longer and slower. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I kind of ditched my, my goal of the three hour marathon, but still wanted to run as fast as I could and beat my time from my unofficial marathon last year. Um, and so it went really, it went really well. I was hoping again, that was the day that it was, um, essentially freezing, uh, unseasonally cold. And, um, there were gusts of 50 sustained winds of, I think 35 to 40 kilometers an hour and then gusts of 50 kilometers. Um, so I, 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 it wasn't as fast as I think I could have gone, um, but I was very happy with the end result. Um, and I also chose that race because there was prize money. And so hoping that if I could win the female category, then I could donate that money to cystic fibrosis, um, which, which occurred, which is awesome. So that's I got so that. rad. $500. So that's the only time that I've ever, it's ever worked out being a pro. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, I guess I wasn't even a pro when I made money. I made more money than I, when I was racing pro. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was awesome. And um, they were very generous and, and comped my entry and made me an ambassador of the race. Um, and then I, and then I won the race and got a nice $500 check to donate right to cystic fibrosis. So um, I was really happy with that. And that was my goal. How I felt afterwards was terrible. Oh. <laughs> Um, yeah, it wasn't as bad as the previous year. Um, the previous year's marathon, I had split my knee open, uh, I guess, um, three months beforehand. And so didn't run one step for until six weeks before the race. And so I just went out and did, uh, I said, Hey, I'll see how far I can go or how long I can go. Whereas this race, I was prepared for it, but I still wanted to run fast. And so I was quite sore afterwards. I don't think I ran for two or three days and then just ran easy. Um, and, uh, and then have kind of been building back up then. So in hindsight, if I could do it all over again, I probably wouldn't have done that race or I would have done a race earlier in the winter um, just because it kind of hampered my my next build up to the start of the end to end. But it is what it is. I'm not a pro athlete. I'm not trying to set an FKT. Um, and so so be it. <laughs> yeah. Speaking yeah. of actually FKTs, I, I had a note here because so we – I don't know if you saw Ryan Atkins, the OCR guy, actually was just trying to set the uh, FKT on the Bruce Trail. Yeah, um, I heard about that. And it's mm-hmm. funny because we actually had him on this podcast about this time last year. So it's kind of hilarious oh, okay. that I'm bringing him up again. Yeah. But he ended up getting like a blood infection or something crazy. Oh, my goodness. So he's, yeah. he's out. So See, yeah. Was that nerve wracking if you've heard that before? Or did um, I just like terrify you now? Sorry. No, no, because I think, I think people trying to do FKTs. The one reason why uh, I don't know that I would be a good ultra runner or do well at FKTs because I don't do well with no sleep. Um, and I have, I have a very poor immune system. And so at home, if I, if I get, if I'm lacking sleep, then I get sick quite easily. Um, I mean, I've worked around that by starting to take zinc, which I think is a miracle mineral or vitamin, whatever you want to call it. But it really uh, is. Oh my gosh. Peter turned me onto that this year and I've gotten sick so much less. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. Um, but so I don't. So it doesn't it doesn't worry me because um, because I get to rest at the end of every day. Mm-hmm. I get to eat as much food as I can possibly handle. I don't have to wake up at four a.m. and be on the trail at five a.m. with a headlamp trying to f- feel my way through rocks and weeds and twigs and branches and all that kind of stuff. So um, I think and and the motorhome Dan is meeting me. We like, we've, we've got planned halfway stops, kind of lunch stops. Mm-hmm. Um, and like essentially I run 20 kilometers and then I'm back at the motorhome and then run another 20 or 25. Um, so I mean, maybe this is me being naive and I don't know what to expect. Um, maybe this will be like my first Paris to Ancaster. It'll be really good <laughs> respect. And if I did it all over, it to be terrible. Um, but I, I think, I, I, I think I'm mentally prepared for everything. I don't think, too too much other than physiologically like with with bones and muscles and injuries that way I don't really foresee too much going wrong with me um and I also think we're in for a cooler June and a a wetter June which I don't love but a cooler June than normal Mm -hmm. um so I think when I was originally thinking of this I thought oh June's not too hot it's sunny days it's going to be awesome um, which I think I was more looking forward to, but maybe cooler weather is a blessing in disguise. And I don't know. I'm hoping it's not raining every day like it is now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but who knows that we'll just deal with that when it comes, if we have to. Yeah. It's yeah. so funny hearing you talk about it because now I'm hearing it. And I'm like, that does sound like a lot of fun. Like this seems like a really good trip. And then I'm like, wait a second. Like, slapping myself across the face like you're still yeah. running a marathon every day for yeah. three weeks <laughs> yeah there's and lo- lots of people will say well so a a lot of people say oh my goodness you're crazy b some people say this sounds fun and then c people that i know that run i say hey do you want to join me and they'll say oh yeah i'll come up for sure but none of them are offering to run a full day with me <laughs> Um, I think, I think my, my one cousin might be, who is also Sarah's cousin, um, probably more because he feels obliged to maybe, I don't know, (laughs) but nobody else is, is volunteering to run an entire day. So depending on your Collingwood day, I might be down because we have an Ironman coming up in the end of July and I need to get in more long runs. So this might be, this might be my excuse. For sure. For sure. And I mean, right around Collingwood and, um, and uh owen sound like there's a day i'm pretty sure it's in owen sound um where i essentially run around this gully like run the lip of a gully and it takes me like 25 kilometers or something and literally it's two kilometers across so (laughs) 25 kilometers is two across so there's lots of weaving and in and out right in around there so feel free please honestly join for any portion any small large portion whatever you want that'd be awesome oh my gosh we we're gonna have to do that because that sounds like a total blast to me yeah 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 health iq is a life insurance company that promotes a health conscious lifestyle through financial rewards they've used science and data to get lower rates on life insurance for health conscious people just like you including those who exercise four times a week through cycling, weightlifting, swimming, running, whatever consummate athlete lifestyle you're, you're undertaking. Research has shown that people who are highly active through exercise have a 22% lower cancer risk, 50% lower heart risk, and 34% lower risk of early death. Many people who exercise regularly don't realize that they can get a special rate with Health IQ if they qualify through the Health IQ quiz. Health IQ has special rates for cyclists, runners, triathletes, vegans, and other health-conscious people, so you can qualify by scoring elite on quizzes for specific lifestyles. Essentially replacing BMI with waist-to-hip ratio for better predictors of cardiovascular disease when it comes to weightlifters and muscular builds. That's great for me. They also have replaced the LDL-HDL ratio with triglyceride to HDL ratio for low-carb and paleo dieters, which is a better predictor of cholesterol health, and they don't take into account one incidence of family history if you're otherwise healthy. So, go over to healthiq.com slash capod. All lowercase. And take that quiz. Um, They have a bunch of different quizzes on the website, and the website's pretty well designed, so it's worth heading over there, checking it out, and again, using that link, healthiq.com slash C-A-P-O-D. 
So it's funny, you actually touched on one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is, I mean, in addition to being able to be ready to run, I think sleep and like the eating are the two most mm-hmm. important factors for this. So what's your mm-hmm. what's your food plan other than the lunch breaks? Yeah, um, so th- that's one of the main reasons why we wanted a motorhome as well, um, because A, we want as much money as possible to go back to Cystic Fibrosis Canada um, and, to ra- and to raise money for research dollars. And so spending a, a night in a hotel every single time, that really adds up. Um, and we also wanted to be able to have everything or I wanted to be able to have everything that I needed right there at the lunch break at the finish Um, so that also so it's not as boring for Dan so that Dan can drive to the finish I've got a key I can get in and he can be off riding his bike or running or paddling or or doing whatever so that he's enjoying the process as well Mm -hmm. um, and not locked down to just sitting in a car waiting for me Um, and that way um, if I, I mean, I've been cautioned not to take a nap during lunchtime. <laughs> um, people say it's a bad idea. You need to keep your heart rate up and everything. Um, but like if I need to take a break and have a nap and sleep for a few hours, then I can. Yeah. If, if for some strange reason, I don't want the lunch that I asked for, there's all the other food options that I might want at my fingertips mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, because I'm a person, I mean, mo- most endurance athletes are, but I'm a person that, severely heavily relies on food and fuel um and so just having all that right there is is key um and so i think for food it's just i honestly don't know like i know i'm going to be eating massive quantities um and then i kind of have a feeling it'll be like well what do i feel like on this given day um or i shouldn't say that actually like as far as salty or sweets or whatever i'm craving will have stopped dinner will probably be whatever dan is up for making <laughs> yeah, for sure. um yeah yeah because that that's gonna be um like it sounds silly but that's gonna be a lot of work for him as well because he's gotta get me on the trail deke into town potentially grab groceries meet for lunch make sure he's on time all those types of things so it's whatever we can fit in and i i eat anything and everything and lots of it and so <laughs> i think some people have been asking like oh will you eat really healthy and all that kind of stuff and my answer is <laughs> i mean we're we're generally healthy eaters anyway but my answer is essentially no um yeah. i mean like you read about the guys that do the runs across across America and everything and they they eat a tub of ice cream every night like that's what that's the ways to get your calories in or some some people say oh well like will you have a drink will you have a beer or anything and my answer is honestly some most days I think beer knowing that a cold beer is waiting for me at the end it might be the only thing that's getting me through Um, so I, cause again, I'm doing this, I'm not doing this as an FKT. I'm doing this because I chose to, and I want to, um, and I want to enjoy doing it. And so I'm going to enjoy the process as I go along. Yeah. I think that makes sense. I feel like whenever you're at that like volume of running or any kind of activity, it's, I consider that like emergency level status as far as like you eat whatever you feel like eating at Mm -hmm. that point. There's, Mm -hmm. there's no wrong answer. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm not a big junk person, but Dan just went to Costco, um, to shop for the run. And I was like, Oh, you better see if they have like mini chocolate bars or whatever. So he came back with like an 18 pack of chocolate bars, which we would normally never have in our house. Um, but I mean, you know, from cycling as well, sometimes that chocolate bar is the only thing that gets you through and gets you for sure. So, um, yeah. And, and it's going to be a struggle to get the calories back in every day. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that I possibly can get them all back in. Um, but, uh, or nor would I, maybe I don't want to either. Um, but I'm realizing right now as I'm speaking, it sounds uh, like very unprepared because I've never done anything like this before. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that makes perfect sense. You're but right. I, guess, I guess I have to start somewhere, right? So. Yeah. I mean, really, um, if you had come on this and just said like you were super dialed in, I'd be like, you're absolutely not dialed in. There's no way you can be yeah, unless you've yeah. done it before. There's just no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I said that to another interviewer the other day, she said like, are you prepared? And I said, well, I mean, I work a full-time job. We, we have a life 
family commitments, all these things, right? That I can't, I can't possibly be as prepared as I should be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I work for eight hours a day, right? Like if I were a full-time athlete, sure, then my mileage could build up and be where it needs to be or whatever. But the reality is that, that I'm not right. So it's just doing the best with, with what I can. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I've, I've done a lot of research or as much research as I can. A lot of the research out there for nutrition, especially um, more so during the event or during the run, the, the most detailed information I can find is for kind of six-day stage races for running. Um, but again, those are all suggestions for going fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily need that. So I tried to... I tried to piece together bits and pieces of everything that I need to know. Um, and, and I mean, I'm pulling on my experience as well. And then talking to an ultra runner and talking to, um, Mike strange. He is a, was an Olympic boxer from Niagara falls, um, who I know. And so he did what was called the box run. So he ran half of Terry Fox's run one year. So 90 days, a marathon a day. And then two years later he did the other half. And so that was kind of the closest while I'm not doing nearly 90 days. His, he was very informative and very helpful. Um, and one of the main things he said as well is like, you have to make this fun. Um, I mean, my dad said, Oh, I'll come out and I'll see you for lunch and then I'll get out of your hair and I'll leave you alone. And I was like, but, but dad, you can stick around longer. Like yeah. you're not going to bother us. This no, no, you've got things to focus on. You need to go early to bed and da, da, da. And I was like, well, this needs to be fun. I can't, I can't get through this. If everybody, if people are afraid of getting in my hair or like just being around or whatever, like it needs to be an enjoyable process and social. And I, I said to Dan, um, I think, cause if, maybe if you've noticed this before getting up for early workouts or anything that sometimes your mood, you can just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and be grumpy. And then oh, that yeah. like, drive to the pool at 5 a.m if an awesome song came on your mood just switches yes yeah and so so I was kind of realizing that and I was like you know Dan I think that we're gonna need to have a dance party every morning (laughs) just play one song dance around the (laughs) motorhome and and get me get me moving um because I am also not like I'm not listening to music while I run I can't I can't (laughs) um so just like you know what it's like when you put your leg over the over the bike and sit back on that saddle and you're so sore and you're like oh here we go and so just getting wrapping my head around that or at least getting energized to go out and do it again I know I'm going to need that kind of kickstart every morning um so but but it was it was wise words and wise advice from Mike to you have to make it fun it has to be enjoyable so um, that's, that's hopefully what it will be. <laughs> I like that. You guys should really install some like strobe lights and stuff in the van. Yes! That way it can be like <laughs> real dance party. <laughs> Actually, my, it's <laughs> funny you say that my friend, this is very odd that he did this. He, uh, for Christmas, his partner really wanted one of those lights that you put on your house. Um, you know, at Christmas time, those, yes. the, the new lights that just there's sparkles all over your house and they change colors and they move and whatever. But he decided before he installed that he was going to take it into the bathroom and have a have like a disco dance party shower. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's his favorite thing to do. Like, So we should borrow that and put it in the in the motorhome. That's a great idea. Uh, please do that and like put it on Instagram stories or something. Yeah. That'd be amazing. <laughs> that's hilarious oh that's so good I like, I like it i need okay. to make that yeah so, Back on track. <laughs> so in the training while working full-time and being a normal human being which i love that you said by the way because i completely got that have you been yeah. doing any cross training like do you have any yoga any strength or have you just been like okay i only have so many hours they've got to be yeah running. well and again because because I like my sleep. Um, I, I shouldn't say I like it. Like I truthfully need it. If I'm less than seven hours, then I'm on the borderline of getting sick. Um, and like eight hours is kind of ideal for me. So, um, I had hoped to get in the gym and do some strength training. And again, being at the university, I have access and I'm a coach at the university. So I have access to a lot of things. Um, and it just turned out our strength and conditioning coach, he did kind of the functional movement assessment on me. And, but by the time our, our schedules, aligned to get me in the gym and doing some stuff it was it was pretty much too late it was about a month and a half out and I didn't necessarily want to change anything um just 
because I didn't want anything to flare up or get injured or create new issues or anything. Um, so I was doing I was doing some core stuff on my own, um, and and kind of the the typical uh, glute bridges and bird dog things and all those types of stuff on my own um, on a I'd say every a few days a week. So just in the mornings when I woke up, I'd um, I'd get that stuff out. Um, I'm terrible with yoga, and then the rest was yeah. On- just fitting it in the day and again building up though I also um because once I retired from triathlon I think triathlon does people a favor because you're working so many different muscle groups that it holds everything in tight together oh for sure Um, like swimming with no impact cycling with no impact and so once I once I converted to just running and running's always been my strongest and I've done it my whole life but once I went back to just running I would I would get injured um, I would try to build up for something in every season essentially get injured um, and so I was very cautious and so I made sure that um, for the for the past number of years after retiring from triathlon I only would allow myself to run every other day because as soon as I went back to back days I would start getting injured and so it was I was very meticulous and careful about going around that and so um, so no I haven't necessarily added in um, extra extra training or cross training like like I thought I would or I hoped I would and and I guess part of it too is that life is busy and so and again this is something that I'm choosing to do and so I'm I'm not gonna not go with my husband to a race necessarily because because of X, Y, and Z with my training schedule, um, I'll fit it in where I can and try to juggle juggle everything. So, I mean, some may say that's that's uh, that's a poor decision on my part. <laughs> um, but again, I was trying to fit it all in. And, and like I said, I was hoping that I would be cycling to work every day as well. Um, but truth of the matter is there, like right now, I'm trying to essentially be in the trails every day after work. So by the time I get to the trails, run for two hours, get home, eat dinner, it's essentially time for bed. Um, and so like, I can't really do more than, than two hours after work. Um, so, and, but uh, like, I think I'm pretty good at accepting that and not dwelling on it and it is what it is and that's fine kind of things. Um, are you looking forward to being done with it? Uh, no, because I haven't started it yet. (laughs) I'll tell you, Dan and I are definitely looking forward to it starting. Um, just because, oh, are you still there? Yep. Yep. Okay. Sorry. It quiet. Uh, it sounded very quiet. Um, sorry, I'll start that over. Dan and I are really looking forward to it starting, um, because we knew this would be a lot of work planning planning it, but it's, it's actually an exceptional amount of work planning it. Um, Dan's in classes two nights a week as well, and he's trying to race as well. And so it's just, it's just a lot. Um, and I mean, it's wonderful and the support from everybody is awesome, but we're also doing like one easy way of fundraising is collecting people's, um, empties from beer, wine and spirit bottles. And so we literally just spent an hour (laughs) or over an hour, um, with, our front yard covered in cases and boxes of oh. empty, sorting them to take them back because so many had just accumulated on our front porch. We'd pull into our driveway and they'd be on our front porch like every other day. We we had no idea who was bringing them, but it was awesome. Um, but doing that and like that little stuff takes time, right? We're running a wine raffle that we're doing the draw for on Friday. That takes time. Um, securing all our accommodations, that takes time. Driving up and picking up the motorhome and trying to prep it. It takes time and so I think we're really looking forward to it just being here um, and everything else is already essentially taken care of I mean I think Dan will be coordinating with people texting them okay you're coming on this day we'll pick you up here um, and he's also going to kind of put together I think he's really looking forward to doing a video blog so he'll be editing that kind of stuff but that stuff for him I don't think feels like work he loves doing that stuff mm-hmm. um, and days when we don't feel like it then we'll just post a few pictures and there you go or a sound bite or something mm-hmm. um, but yeah so I think uh, maybe ask me that question again during the run uh-huh. and I'll say I'm looking forward to it I know I'm looking forward to Canada Day we're going to have a big party afterwards um, with our friends and family and just really celebrate which will be awesome um, I sorry I suppose I am looking forward to 
um, it's funny, once I retired from triathlon, the one of the things that I enjoyed is that I didn't have to do things. If I didn't want to go for a run that day, I wouldn't. Exactly. Um, That's how and, I feel about Ironman right now is oh, I'm so yeah. excited to be done and not have to do mm -hmm. like, this training. I can do mm -hmm. whatever. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and you'll still do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But it just won't be as long as it has to be or on the certain day that it has to be or you'll run fast when you're not supposed to run fast or you'll run slow when you feel like running slow mm -hmm. um so i do think i'm looking forward to that like kind of having my life back a yes. bit more and and i mean i've said all along that i that i do have my life while i'm doing this and i do um but even having more flexibility to be able to just run at during my lunch hour at work for 8k or something mm -hmm. rather than well i can't run at lunch because i can't fit in 20 kilometers at lunch um, so that part, I think I'm looking forward to. Um, and I think, I think that's normal. I think most athletes encounter that. Um, but as far as the actual run, uh, I, d I don't know yet. Well, I'm excited to, to meet up halfway. And so I'm going to kind of wrap it here, but the fundraising is going really well. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. We're just, uh, I've actually got that website open right now. We're at, so our original goal, and I knew that we would achieve this, was $10 per kilometer. Um, so $8,950. Because when, when cystic fibrosis is in your family, this this sounds odd maybe, but it's quite easy to raise that amount of money. Um, I mean, I've never had problems raising six, seven, eight thousand dollars um, because my family, my extended family and, and the people around me are so familiar with it that they're more than happy to give. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we blew past that fundraising goal and we knew we would. So then I was hesitant to double it um, just because, well, I mean, we've done so well. What if we don't reach our goal? And then people will think it's a failure kind of thing. Um, so then we raised it to $15 per kilometer and we're, we're only $200 away from that goal of $13,425. Um, and so then, uh, I don't know, then we'll double it or we'll just wait to see where it goes. My only thing is without listing a fundraising goal, I'm hesitant that people will stop donating because they're like, oh, they've reached it. We don't need to donate. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't want that to happen. So I'll, I'll have to see and figure out. Maybe we'll just double it and, and go uh, go up another, another uh, uh, what does that work out to? $5,000 or whatever. Yeah. Okay, so. so then two questions. Number one, sure. can people keep donating as you're running? Or oh, for gonna... sure. Okay. Nope. Yeah, um, and I, like... I actually don't know when cystic fibrosis. See, the nice thing about this fundraising is this fundraising isn't through a GoFundMe page. It's not through me. I set up a fundraising account directly on Cystic Fibrosis Canada's website. Nice. Uh, and so I actually think that you could probably still go after the fact, like next in a few months' time, and still find it. Um, but yeah, fundraising will will be going right till the end. Um, I actually was talking to a colleague today, and she said, "Oh, I haven't donated yet, and I haven't forgotten. I'm waiting till the big finale." Um, um, and so I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that are waiting for that as well. Um, and then I think we'll get some small donations, maybe 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there along the route and everything. Mm -hmm. um, and then as the story gets out, I mean, there was a newspaper article that went out recently. And just in that 48 hours alone, we got another $1,000 in donations from people that I don't even know who they are. Oh, that's um, so nice. It's really awesome. It's really, really amazing. It's wonderful to see. Yeah, very cool. Well, that's good because that means people that don't listen to this, like the second it comes out, can still get on board. So what's the website again? How can people donate? www.endtoendcf.ca. So that's endtoendcf.ca. And on there, along with, you'll be able to see the route. Um, all about cystic fibrosis, all about my cousin Sarah who passed away, the reason that I'm doing this. Um, but also on there, there's a button to click that says donate, and then it takes you to a link to the Cystic Fibrosis Canada website. Awesome. That's this way, yeah. And then... Thanks. Who are, where are you on Instagram? How, how else can people follow you for this? Yeah, on Instagram, um, Emily Allen Dakin. Uh, so E-M-I-L-Y-A-L-L-A-N-D-A-K-I-N. 
Um, and also actually the Instagram account links to the website as well. Um, and there's a spot for blogging on the website too. So some in some way, shape or form, we'll be getting our Facebook updates, our Instagram, everything to the website as well. Um, whether it's on the blogging tab of the website or the media tab or just the Instagram that automatically appears, but we'll be there. Um, and the hashtag end to NCF, we're usually hashtagging with that as well. Um, so there's lots of ways to follow along. Um, and then if anybody is in Ontario and wants to join in for a portion of the run or all of the run, <laughs> I can say you can run, I always say you can run two kilometers to 42 kilometers with me. It's up to you. Um, however, I do encourage if you're inexperienced, I don't encourage people yeah. to do it full day. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I'm more than happy. We're more than happy to have people join to get the word out, um, and just make it a fun time. Perfect. Yeah. We'll definitely have to hook up once you're close to Collingwood. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Emily, it was so great chatting with you. I'm now so excited about running. I can't wait to track your progress and meet up. Yeah. So when's your Ironman? Uh, end of July, the 30th, I think, out in Whistler. Oh, okay, you're going out there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it'll be good to get in one. I, I desperately need to do, like, a full-on, like, 26 miles. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm pretty close. Like, I've been doing long ones, but it'll be nice mm-hmm. to just, like, tick that box of, like, okay, 26 yeah. down. And that'll be yeah. actually perfect timing, too. Like, way yeah. out, like, early enough that it won't kill me. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on out for any portion of it. Like, uh, again, any distance that you want. Um, or if you uh, you have a recovery day or whatever, just come on out for a beer or a fire at the campsite or whatever, whatever so we're up to. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get in touch anyway. Do, do you have Dan's cell number? or? Uh, I think so. Uh, okay. Yeah, I definitely. Think on site as well. Okay. Yeah. So get in touch with him um, and Perfect. we'll something out. Yeah. Awesome. Oh. Thank you so much. It was so Thank you chat. so much. Molly. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. And good luck with your training. Thank um, you. you. And just know that uh, I, I feel for you <laughs> <laughs> for wanting to not have to do it. Uh, and you're almost there. You've come this far. Thanks so much for listening to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. We would love if you would head over to iTunes and leave us a review. And while you're there, consider subscribing. We'd also love to connect over at Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Molly J. Herford and Peter is at Peter Glassford. If you have ideas or questions from today's podcast, or you just want to browse some of the show notes and past shows, you can also check us out at consummateathlete.com. Thanks, guys, and we will see you next time.